You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. Douglas MacArthur, General MacArthur, has a great quote. He said this, By profession I am a soldier, and I take pride in that fact. But I am prouder, infinitely prouder, to be a father. A soldier destroys in order to build. A father only builds, never destroys. The one has the potentiality of death. The other embodies creation and life. The while of hordes of death are mighty. The battalions of life are mightier still. It is my hope that my son, when I am gone, will remember me not for the battlefield, but in the home, repeating with him a simple daily prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven. It's a great example of what we were going to be talking about today. Here was a, a mighty man in any terms uh, in society, but he found his might and his strength was at home, at the prayer uh, in his prayer closet with his son or kneeling down with his son and praying a daily prayer. I grew up in a family where I had the privilege of having a a great earthly father. He's now gone on to be with the Lord. But I had a good relationship with my dad. It was healthy. Uh, He, Along with my two other sisters, I would say that wherever possible, we were able to twist him around our little finger, and we were, we were his delight. Not that that's what made him a good dad, but it certainly, as a daughter, I felt very loved by my dad and felt that he would do anything and sacrifice anything for whatever it would take to make us happy. That's very important for me, and I think it's important for the rest of us when we, our relationship with our Heavenly Father often helps catapult us into our relationship with our Heavenly Father, from our earthly father to our Heavenly Father. And I, I recognize that some people didn't have that type of upbringing, and they've had to cross a major hurdle to get into a place of having a healthy relationship with your Heavenly Father. And hopefully today's message will even help encourage that more so. I also had a wonderful father-in-law who is also now in heaven, and he was He's a, a, a great guy, and again, a godly man, and a little bit of a tease, which I didn't realize when I first met him. My husband grew up on a farm, and even though I grew up in the prairies, I didn't grow up on a farm, and I think he, he liked to um, tease me a bit on that and see how far he could test me on some of the farm stuff. So the first day that I was there, we were having dinner at a very typical farm table in the kitchen, and uh, as we were eating, he looked over at me and he said, you're wearing nail polish. And uh, uh, father-in-laws, I would just encourage you that that's probably not the best way to start a conversation with a potentially new uh, daughter-in-law. But anyway, he said, oh, you're wearing nail polish. And I went, yes. He goes, Egyptians wore nail polish. (laughs) I don't think that was a really great sign to start off with. I think it was negative. Um, (laughs) Then about a little farther on in the day, he looked at me, we were standing, he looked at me, he goes, you're wearing earrings. And I said, a little bit more hesitantly this time, yes. And he goes, Egyptians wore earrings. (laughs) Okay, two strikes, three strikes, I'm out. (laughs) What else? Later on in that day, Dave and I were going out, and he walked us to the foyer where the front door was, and we were putting on our shoes, and he was saying goodbye to us, and... I couldn't get my shoes on. Now, how dumb is that? I can't get my shoes on. And he's standing there. It's like he's watching me. And I can't put my shoes on. This is, this is silly. And I'm trying. He goes, what's the matter? You can't get your shoes on? It's like... <laughs> what I didn't realize is that he had stuffed my toes with toilet paper in the shoes. <laughs> then I realized who this guy was and that I, we were going to have a lot of fun together. And we did. And realized it was a great sense of humor that he had very dry. And uh, 
So embarrassing. He had a pretty good laugh, though, when I pulled it out. And, and first of all, he looked. He's like, I said, how'd this get there? And he's completely straight-faced. But my husband looked at him and went, Dad. And I knew. I knew. So I had, I had a great, two great earthly fathers. And I trust that today's message will help build you up as a dad and uh, women and uh, men that are not yet fathers, that you will be encouraged by today's message. Today's message is actually an acronym with the word CHECK, C-H-E-C-K. And we often check certain things in our life. I'll tell you one thing that we check very regularly, and that is our financial statements. I'm sure if we took a poll right now and had you raise your hands, if I asked the question, Do you know right now where your finances are at? Most of you would go, yes, I know exactly where my finances are at because we check them regularly. We check our financial uh, accounts. But today we're going to do a different check. We're going to do a responsibility check for the men that God has put in our lives. And so as we go through this, this check, because every one of us do, whether it's our father, whether it's our husband, whether it's our brother, whether it's an uncle, there's, uh, there's men in our lives that we are responsible to God for in how we, uh, how we uh, pray for them and how we support them. Jeremiah 29.11 says this, For I know the thoughts I have for you, the plans I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare or good and peace and not for evil to give you a hope in your final outcome. Isn't it good to know that God has seen the beginning He's seen the end. He knows every chapter of your life. He even knows the last chapter. He knows them all. And every one of those, the plot throughout that entire book of your life is good. Everything that he has thought of is good. It's plans, it's purposes, it's destiny, it's, it's the over and above. That's what's written in that book when he thinks of you and he thinks of the chapters of your life. They're good. Which can be a little overwhelming if you've never had someone in your life that has actually spoken that over you. But I trust that today you can capture the fact that there is somebody who has done that, and that's God. Today we're going to talk about Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there. His name comes up in Ezekiel chapter 48, verse 35. Only time in the Bible it's used. And at this point, it's under your first point under check the C, which is count on God as our father. At this point, God is the the children of, of Israel are without a temple. Now that was a really big deal because at that time the temple represented the presence of God, which meant they were in despair because there was no place for them to go worship God. After 14 years of having a temple destroyed, God spoke to them how to rebuild the temple And at that point, he ended it by saying, I am the God who is there, or I am Jehovah Shammah. Today, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says that now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The God who is there is here. And we have the privilege now of housing and having Jehovah Shammah with us wherever we go. And so we can count on God as our father. We can count on him in, in our darkest hour. The Israelites at that point were in their darkest hour, and that's when the God who is there showed up. When you're in your darkest hour, recognize today that he is there. You may be going through that time right now. If not, there will be a season when you will feel like you're in your darkest time, and it's, you'll get great encouragement knowing that the God who is there is here. There's many things that we can count on God as our father for. One I absolutely love, he's dependable. He's dependable because he gave us this. 
Can you imagine writing all the promises, all the dreams, all your thoughts into a book on page and handing them to your kids and say, everything that I said in here, I'm going to do. You can trust me 100% for it. I will not let you down. There's not a man here that will be able to do that. But our Heavenly Father was able to do that, and he wrote this. So he's very dependable. He's honest. He says, I'm not a man that I should lie. Everything that he says, he will do. He's respectful. He's given us a choice. He's never, he didn't make us a bunch of robots without the will to choose. The greatest thing that he gave us was our volition, our right to choose. In fact, you know, and you know the verse, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He's making a choice. He's saying, you take the choice. And he says, and then he gives us the answer, choose life, that both you and your seed may live. And so he's given us this ability to make a choice. So he's, he respects that. He's given us boundaries. Boundaries are good things. He's given us these boundaries. If you cross over there, this will happen. So just stay in the boundary. When our youngest daughter was a toddler, we lived in a home that had a pool. And there was a, her boundary was the gate or the fence that was around the pool. One day we were out. I was out with her in the backyard, and the gate was open into the pool area and it was interesting watching her we were together and she began to go for this gate as most toddlers do when they know there's something that they can't go it's like they just zero in on it and they go right to it and she's going to this open gate and i'm behind her and she keeps looking back takes another couple steps looks back what's she doing she's checking the boundary and she keeps going and she's checking that boundary and i'm just going to watch her and i'm going to see what she does And I stood right beside her all the way through, and she came right up to the edge of that pool. And she looked at me, and she tested the boundary, and she took one more step. And I was there, I was right there, so I was able to pull her out right away. But you know, that is a great example of our Heavenly Father, that we can count on the God who is there. When we get to the place where we're going to take one more step and, and just test the boundary, He'll pull us up. He's always there. We can count on him to pull us out of every situation that we find ourselves. So he gives us boundaries. And, of course, he loves unconditionally. Our father can always be counted on, and I'm sure you've heard us say this before. He may not be early, but he is never late. And our timetable, we think, come on, God, already. It's, this is your way past on your timing. But he knows exactly what he's doing, and he will show up, and we can count on him for that. Amen? Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not be afraid. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The same way that I pulled our daughter out of that pool is the same way that victorious right hand pulls us out of situations when we don't know what will happen if we go that next step, and he will pull us out of it before it happens. The second thing we're going to go through, point C, or point uh, H is point two of check. H is honor dads. There is an American writer by the name of Clarence Buddington Kellard. His quote was on the screen during the offering, and he said this about his dad. He didn't tell me how to live. He lived it and let me watch him do it. And I think that's a great example of a, of a dad on Father's Day. Is It's not so much do this, do this, do this. You better do this, do this, do this. It's allowing your children to watch you live life and do it in a way that honors God. And just by doing that, they're picking up your teaching by Uh, by your actions and so honor god ephesians 6 1 says children obey your parents in the lord for this is right do what is right proverbs 10 1 says a wise son makes his heart glad and then in exodus 20 12 honor your father and mother 
that your days may be long upon the land, which everybody wants, which the Lord your God is giving you. And we can honor them in different ways. I think of a couple of ways that our children have honored their father and uh, a couple and uh, going back to the example of how they watch their dad live life. I'm reminded of a couple of things, but one in particular was when Chelsea had a medieval project that she had to have completed for school and it was a castle and so she had to construct this castle was given the dimensions on how to do it and it seemed like a really big task very daunting and her dad says i'll help you build it well as soon as the dad helps build guess what happens the dimensions are too small and it needs to be bigger and so this he he decided to make this is going to be the best castle there is and so they constructed this beautiful castle in our basement and made it really nice the day came when we they had to transport the castle from our home to the school, and there was only one problem. They had built it in the basement, and they couldn't get through the doorway. It was so gorgeous and big, but they were like, okay, how do we do this? (laughs) Twist it and turn it, but they eventually got it. And uh, she was, it's very honoring now for her to say, you know, I remember Daddy helping me in projects like that. I remember when Dad would help me. Uh, he, He is the math tutor in our home, and I think all of our children, I think of Jen in particular in high school, there were many an hour when he would sit at the kitchen table with her and go through math and go through math and go through math. And he'd look at, you know, he'd take a break and come say, I don't, I don't feel like doing this. But it, he was doing it as a sacrifice for his evening, for his daughter. And we can honor our dads when we look back and we think of these things that they've done for us, those little things that they've done throughout our lives. And hopefully something just triggers today in you and you think, oh, I remember when my dad did this. Or I remember when my dad did this. And as that comes... Let him know that. Honor him by telling him that. Honor him by calling him or writing him a note or praying for him. Maybe your dad is no longer here or maybe you don't have a relationship where you can, you can talk to him right now. But pray for him and pray a blessing on his life for, for something that he's done in your life. There's a gentleman, there's a story about a man who uh, grew up in a home that never had any physical affection and... Uh, was really struggling with that later on and said, you know, I never, I've never given my dad a hug and he really wanted to be able to hug his dad before his dad died. And so he, in prayer, he felt like he needed to go to his dad's house and just initiate the hug and give his dad a hug. And uh, so he phoned up his dad and said, hey, dad, are you home? He said, yeah, yeah. He said, I'm just going to drop in for, for a couple minutes. Went to his dad's home, knocked on the door. His dad opened the door, and he said, Dad, this is for you. I just, want, I just want you to know I really appreciate you, and gave his dad a big hug. He said it was like hugging a telephone pole. <laughs> and he hugged him, and his dad was like, well, what was that for? And, and he says, I, I just I wanted to let you know how much I appreciate you. And I'm going to go now. I'll be back again, but I just wanted to give you, I just want to let you know how much I did appreciate you. And he left. That son at that experience, was 70 years old. So it's never too late. You may be an adult sitting here and say, I've never done that with my dad, and my dad's, you know, he's old. I'm already older. You're never too old to somehow express to your dad the honor. I can only imagine what that will have done for that that father after the son left. Interesting thing about honoring dads is God's creation. In Genesis chapter 1, how many of you would agree that Jesus, or that God is a creative genius, the way he created the heavens and the earth? After creating all of that, he decided to make one person in his image. And that person was a man. And in the fullness of a man is the reflection of God. 
It wasn't a woman. It wasn't a man and a woman. It was a man. And somewhere in our society, as things have eroded, we have forgotten how key that man is in our life. And a great way to honor God is by honoring your father. Because simply, if there's no other reason than for the reason that he was created in God's image. And uh, then he was told to be fruitful and multiply. How amazing is that? God wanted man to enjoy the same delight in being a father that he had. And today is really a, a hats off. It's a commending of men for the innumerable sacrifices that you make on behalf of your wife, on behalf of your children. You have put a lot of your own wants and desires aside for your family's sake. And we're here today to say thank you. Thank you. We see it. We recognize it. And we want to elevate you in the family to be the head of the house the way God created you to be. And we will purpose to do whatever it takes to be there to allow you to be that. So it is very honoring to God to honor your father. How do we do it? We do it by listening to them, by thanking them, for praying for them, like I said. And give them the freedom to make mistakes. Give your dad the freedom to make mistakes. He's not perfect. Somehow we have this idea of having a perfect dad. There is no perfect dad. Except God. He's it. So all your perfection gets to go to him. And for your earthly father, it's accepting him. Say, God, I, I know that there's... He's got inabilities. I know he's got limitations, but that's okay. I'm going to honor him anyway, and I'm going to love him and appreciate him because he's still the dad you put in my life and pray over him. There's an illustration that I had for, um, you don't have to put it on the screen, but uh, Ephesians 1, a number of years ago, the Lord put on my heart to start to pray for Dave, Ephesians chapter 1, 16 to 18. And it's a great chapter for you, daughters, wives, pray for your husband. And wherever the word you is, Put in your dad's name. Put in your husband's name and begin praying daily, Ephesians chapter 1, for your husband or for your father. And believe God to, to, on that word, to impact his life and for him, giving him the freedom to do great things. The, The E is encourage men. And this is a really important point. Anonymous... Quote, small boys become big men through the influence of big men who care about small boys. There's any young boys in your life right now, you have a huge responsibility, men, to encourage them. And one thing that we want to do at Coastal is be known as a church that elevates the position of manhood. That from the time those little toddler boys are in our nursery and they go through the children's ministry and they go into the teen ministry and they become young adults, that they know who they are in Christ, that they're men of valor, that they're men of strength, that they know that we believe in them to do great things. And it's, a, it's time, it's a season for greatness to rise back up in the body of Christ for men. And I'll tell you why. There was an article in the Vancouver Sun in the month of May talking about men the way they're depicted in the media today. It says, North American advertising and TV sitcoms discriminate against men. Has the portrayal of men as fat, lazy, and incompetent gone on for too long? And I would say yes. He goes on to say that the TV ads now aim to promote sales by portraying men as hopeless goofs, as incompetence barely tolerated by their slim, emotionally mature female partners. These ads are effective, especially in a culture where women are by far the biggest spenders on commercial goods. 
Here's a few of the TV commercials that they talk about. A Smartline credit card ad features a male psychologist using a ventriloquist dummy to conduct therapy with his patient. A Tim Hortons ad shows a man smashing his nose into a closed patio door as he tries to get at his wife's iced latte. A Swiffer ad portrays a disc jockey with bad hair enthusiastically trying to interview a broom. A furniture company shows a male staff member using a chainsaw to drop in half, or a chainsaw to chop in half a, so, a showroom sofa, not understanding his boss meant he, when he said you should cut the price in half. A BMO master. MasterCard ad shows a naive husband telling his wife how excited he is about planning a trip for them to Paris several decades later when they have enough air miles. What it's talking about is the way that men are depicted today in our media. And I just think it's time that the church changes the tide. Enough about the men being the slobs and being the no, they don't have any common sense and and everything else because that's not the way God created you to be. He created you to lead the family. He created you to be the spiritual head. He created you to put vision into a family and to lead us well, us being women and children. And you know, there's, there needs to be value brought back to you men. So we want to encourage you. 1 Timothy 4.12 says this. Paul's talking to Timothy. He's not very old, but here's from man to man, from an older man to a younger man saying this. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you teach, in the way you live, in your love, in your faith, in your purity. He's not saying here, God's not saying in how what I teach in the way that I live through you, in the love that I have in you, it's my faith. It's not God's faith. It's not God's purity. Paul's saying, Timothy, this is your faith. This is your example. This is your teaching. This is your purity. This is you. This is who you are. And for us to grab hold of that and be able to instill that into our young men and instill that into our dads and to promote that, I think, is huge in our society. We want you to be counted, men, amongst the brave in 2009. We want that. Men need permission today in today's society. They need permission to be strong and courageous. Joshua 1.9 is a great verse. Joshua, of course, was the leader that was going to take over for Moses. Can you imagine? Here's Moses gone, and now Joshua is about to have this daunting task in front of him as a leader. God says to, something to him in Joshua 1, verse 9. He says this, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. Can you imagine if God said this? Because this is often how we see fathers speaking to their sons. Moses is gone. It's real. I don't know what I'm going to do without him. Man, that, those are big shoes to fill. Hope you can do it. Come on, come on, Joshua, try. Think you can do it? Uh, you think you can? No. Have I not commanded you? God's authority was very strong to Joshua. I'm commanding you to do this. Be strong and courageous. You can do this. And I think, fathers, we want to encourage you to speak that kind of strength into your family. We don't have to have everything pet and sweet and, are you okay? Are you okay? No, we need somebody to stand up and say, be strong and courageous. Come on, I'll walk you through this. We can do this. And it's getting, giving you the permission to allow you to be that kind of spiritual head. And often, 
wives, we get in the way. And I'll tell you why, especially husbands or dads who have sons, is a husband wants to take his son on some great adventure. And you know what we do as moms? He's going to get hurt. You can't take him there. What if you have this? And we go through the whole story. And then this is going to happen, and there's not a hospital nearby. He's going to have to be airlifted, and by that time, it's going to be too late, and he's going to die. No, you can't go. You can't take him. And you know what we've just done? Is we've just squashed what God called that father to do with that son. Is take him somewhere. Help him to be strong and courageous. Help push him into that place where he can do exploits that as maybe as a woman we wouldn't do. But allowing him, giving him permission to do that. And uh, I know some boys don't need a lot of permission. There's some, some young guys that just, they're, they're out doing the adventure before the dad is. So seen a few of those but we want you to be able to know that we want you to conquer this chapter of your life with zeal men and you were made in god's image going back to genesis i think it's so cool because after god created what do you say it is good is that sense of accomplishment and i see that in men when they've done something when they've taken on a task and they've they've conquered the task it's this great sense of accomplishment it's good i did it That comes from your heavenly father. That's his nature. He did that in creation. And so, men, we want to encourage you to do the same thing. Conquer the task and let us hear you say, it's good. I did it. We're okay with that. We're okay with that. A little story of of conquering and... um, dad being the great conqueror and he has done so many great things with our kids they decided to go uh river rafting and um i was like well river okay they can go river rafting but the thing was and they had all planned and he was going to take i'm not sure if all four kids were along but at least the three oldest were were there and they were going to go river rafting but the only problem after this whole great adventure was was that the river was not rafting it wasn't moving it was more like a calm lake And so they were on these rafts ready to bounce down the river, and it turned out to just be a really long suntanning session. (laughs) Paddling, trying to get back to camp. And eventually they did get back, and of course they didn't bring sunscreen because they weren't anticipating it to be this long suntanning session. And, uh, but anyway, it was, it was the great adventure of going uh, river rafting. The fourth one is the next sea in check. And that is challenging women and children. Here's a little incredible clip that I hope you find amusing. Let's watch this.
a great little clip on a dad, on a husband who has the support of his wife and his children around him. And what it does is it pushes him to go even farther. He wants to be strong for who? For them. He wants to be there for them. And you see the encouragement. I know it's just an animated cartoon, but I think the, the points there are really clear. There is a wife that thinks he's the best thing there is. There's children that receive the kiss from their dad on the cheek and, and the playing ball and, and hug him around the neck. And I think sometimes dads, we owe you an apology because when you've come and you've reached out that way, when you've given the kiss or you've given the hug, all you've got is rejection given back to you. And that's what we want to change, that you don't feel the rejection or what are you doing? Instead, it's us encouraging you and it's saying, no, go for it. You do it. We want to be behind you and we want to encourage you to be the man that you have been called to be. Proverbs 12, 11, 18 says, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Another translation says, reckless words pierce like a sword. And our responsibility to our to our, to our fathers, to our husbands, to the men in our life, is to speak worth over them. Speak worth over them. Too often men have a dream, and that dream is, it doesn't even hit the ground. It doesn't even come out of the ground, because as soon as they've shared it with the most important people in their life, it's shut down. Or... There's somebody behind them, wife, kids, behind, come on, dad, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And then that dream dissolves. That didn't work out the way you thought it was going to happen. And then the comments that come back were, well, I told you so. You should have never done it in the first place. How deflating. Can I challenge women and children this morning to the men that God has put in your life to speak value and worth into the dreams and say, well, I don't even know my, don't the dreams. My husband doesn't tell me any of his dreams. There's probably a reason he isn't telling you his dreams. And it may take some time to prove to him that you're not going to shut him down as soon as he shares something with you. But to be able to be at a place where we can encourage men and women, when men are encouraged and they are doing what they're called to do, and it's just God's order, everything else falls into place. The things that you're believing for, the things that you want in your life, happen. Situations, responsibilities, it comes together. When men are elevated to the position that they were called to be, they were created in God's image. He, in fullness, made Adam. And we really want to get behind men today, and not just today, but in the future. Change our thoughts so that this isn't our way of thinking. Amen? I hope when we watch TV, I hope when you watch TV and you see some of these ads, if this was a surprise to you and you weren't actually aware of it, that you will be from today on and you'll recognize where our society is placing men. We need courageous men to lead us in the battles of life, not men who dare, won't dare to dream for fear of being shut down. We want to speak words of truth and uh, into your life and pray over you and not catch the glass for our husbands or for our boys. Let them make a mistake. Again, just like honoring your dads, women, let your dad make a mistake. Wives, let your husband make a mistake. He's not perfect. He's going to make some mistakes. He's not going to handle everything just right. But give him the buffer room to be able to do that. And when he has shared something with you, whatever that is, take it and get behind him on it and encourage him. And most of all, pray for him. 
There's a great book in our bookstore called Prayers That Availeth Much. And if you say, I don't know how to pray for him. I don't know how to pray for my dad. I don't know how to pray for my husband. I don't know how to pray for my brother There's a, or my son. There's a great book, and the prayers are all written in there. It's scripture, and it's amazing. And pray on a regular basis. Say, I will commit to pray for my husband or my dad in this particular area and instill value into their life. The next one is keep close to God. The final K in check is keep close to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it's not in your notes, but it says, In everything, in everything, give thanks to God, for this is the will in Christ Jesus concerning you. So men, how do we keep close to God? How do I, how do I capture doing this bravery? How do I capture doing what God's called me to do? In everything, give thanks. Okay, I can do that. Women, how do I embrace encouraging my husband or my dad? In everything, give thanks. Find something to be thankful for with your husband, with your father, with, your, with the men in your life. Be thankful. Find a reason to give thanks. Because by doing it, you're fulfilling God's will for your life. I want to know God's will for my life. I just want to know God's will for my life. Just do that verse. Give thanks, and you'll do it. Another verse is in James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. A great verse. It says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And then the next part of that verse says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. We're... We do a lot of submissions in our life. We can submit a a work application. We can submit a project application to our manager. We can submit uh, a school application to a university. We know how to submit things. And what do we do? We wait. We can submit a visa application. We submit things. And then what do we do? We wait for a response to come back. Approved. That's what this verse is talking about. Submit yourself to who? To God. So here's a challenge for you fathers. Why don't you try submitting fatherhood to the Lord? This is my submission. This is me as a dad. This is what I'm doing. I'm giving it over to you. Do you want to make any corrections on it? I'm giving you permission to do that. Not that God needs your permission, but that's submitting it to him for his approval, for his recommendations, for his changes. And as you submit fatherhood to the Lord... What happens is you find yourself drawing near to him because you're listening. You want his answers. You want to hear back from him. Drawing near to God, what happens? He draws near to you. What happens from there? It affects your family. What happens from there? It affects your business. It affects, It goes down every area of your life. So James chapter 4 is so key. Father, we want to uh, encourage you today just the same way that God is encouraging us that he is Jehovah Shammah, that he is the God who is there. The God who is there is the God who is here this morning. He's here this morning. And we're going to do something a little bit different this morning. We want to charge our dads and encourage our dads in the nobility that God's called them to, because it is a very noble role. There's a lot of men in today's society, you know what? They will not take on the role of being a dad. Because they know that they're not going to get the encouragement that they should get. So they say, you know, it's not even worth it. I'm not even going there. And that's where I think the tide has to change. Where we say, no, there is a place in, amongst God's people in the house of God where men are encouraged and they are valued. And he, we see you men for all the sacrifices that you make for your wife and your children. We see the many times when you'd like to go do something for yourself or spend your money for something for yourself. And that's right when the water heater breaks. 
or that's right when your child needs to go to camp, or that's right when this happens or that happens, and you sacrifice your own needs for the sake of your family. We want to encourage you this morning saying we see it, we recognize it, and we value you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org.